welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 84, a spurred preview. And I am your host, and the guy whose wife has been blackballed from every tanning bed in Birmingham, Alabama. And we are 286 days, 10 hours, 47 minutes, and 32 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. I'm going to get right into today's episode because here's what I'm doing. You guys know that I have a new podcast that I'm rolling out called Spurred. And Spurred is the recording of all of my turkey hunts over the past season. So it's about 50 different days of turkey hunts. Some of those hunts are 15 minutes long. Some of those hunts are hours long. Some of them, there's a lot of this. And some of them have tons of action in them. So I wanted to give you guys a little taste of what Spurred is about. So this week I'm going to play episode 2 of Spurred. And episode two finds me and Jim Lieben and Corey New from the Turkeyologists at my hunting camp in southwest Alabama. Jim and Corey came to hunt with me for the opener of Alabama's turkey season. And they hunted with me for three days. And this is the audio from one of our hunts. And if you guys are interested in subscribing to the new show, all you need to do is text the word SPURRED, S-P-U-R-R-E-D, to the number 44222, and I will send you information on how to subscribe to the SPURRED podcast, and you can listen to every one of my hunts from this past year. And not only that, but this is the only narrative hunting podcast that I know of. So it's something unique, something different. And I really hope that you guys will enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, shoot me an email to andy at iamturkeyhunting.com and let me know your thoughts about the new show. I'd be very interested to see what your thoughts are. And with that being said, I'm going to get right into Spurred. And I will see you guys on the other side. So day two finds Jim, Corey, and me on a different piece of club property. And this piece of property is across the road from the camp house. Now the total 
amount of acreage for the hunting camp in southwest Alabama is about a thousand acres. There's a road that separates the property. It's a paved county road and we've got about 300 or so acres on the north side of that road. The camp is on the south side of the road. So on day two, we're on the north side of the road. And this piece of property borders a creek on one side. This creek is beautiful. It's about 75 yards wide in most places. Has beautiful white sand banks. And the bottom is white sand. And in the summer, you can walk across this creek wearing flip-flops and almost not get your feet wet. In the winter and spring, after storms, this creek will be 15 to 20 feet deep, and the water will be flowing very quickly after those storms as well. So the creek is the property line to the west, and the property to the east of this piece of hunting club property has been clear-cut. And this clear-cut's about three years old, and it is thick. It's about as thick as the hair on Hillary Clinton's butt. So needless to say, that piece of the neighbor's property is not very turkeyish. On the other side of the creek from our hunting club property, so the property to the west of our hunting club property, is very turkeyish. So the property to the east of ours, not turkeyish. The property to the west of ours on the other side of the creek, very turkeyish. Now our club property on the north side of the road, like I said, is about 300 acres, and 100 acres or so of that has been clear-cut. And the other 200 acres is absolutely gorgeous. It consists of prairie ground with broom sedge, which is a native bunch grass to the area, some planted pines, huge oak trees and some oak flats, and some hardwood pine mix. This 200 acres is very turkey-ish, and that is where we are at daylight. And this is where we pick up. That's a different bird. Creek's about 100 yards that way. He couldn't. I think he's just on the other side of the creek, right on the edge of the creek. So, do that a good bit over there. I think he is. Uh, That's a different bird there. Yeah, that one's further down the creek. I think this one's roosted right on the edge of the creek. They were doing that last year. But we can we can ease up and where the road drops down to the bottom. We ought to be able to tell a little bit better if he's there on our <coughs> side. The, the downside is even if he's roosted on our side, he could fly down over there. But what else do I have? Yeah. 
So the turkeys on this little piece of property like to roost along the edge of the creek. And remember, that's the property line. And at times it can be difficult to tell if the turkeys are roosted on our property or on the neighbor's. Day two of turkey season cracked with four different birds gobbling in our area. To me, it sounds like the two closest are across the creek on the neighbor's property. And the farthest one is also on neighboring property. And that leaves bird number three as the only huntable bird. And he's a pretty good distance off. Now we have to walk past where bird one and bird two are roosted to get to bird three which means we can get a better location of where those two birds are roosted. And as we get to where those two birds are roosted, I discover that bird number two is roosted on our side of the creek. Now, that can be good, but it can also be bad. Remember I said the property on the other side of the creek is very turkeyish. And a lot of times, even though the turkeys may roost on our property, they may fly down across the creek onto the neighbor's property. But at this stage of the game, Jim and Corey and I have nothing to lose. So we decide to go and park near this gobbling turkey on our property on the edge of the creek. How close are you being ready? Close enough for me to call. Yeah, there's a couple of those around me, but I think I can. I don't think that's going to matter. She never have to say. Oh, okay, in between. You think I can hop up and bring her real quick? I think I can get her. She's pointing me where to go. Okay, so let me describe our setup to you. Corey and Jim and I are sitting against a humongous oak tree, the same oak tree, an oak tree that is so big that I do not think the three of us could reach around. Jim's on the north side of the oak tree. Corey's on the west side of the oak tree, facing west, and I'm on the south side of the oak tree, facing south. And... This oak tree that we're sitting on is in a very narrow and very open neck of woods. The turkeys are to our west. Between us and the turkeys is a small food plot. This food plot is about 40 yards wide. So let me give you the overview of the layout again. Starting from west to east, we have the creek, which is the property line. Moving a little further east is a very beautiful oak flat. And that's where the turkeys are roosted. Moving east of there is a food plot where we have two decoys set up. We have a hen decoy and a jake decoy. The jake decoy is not in strut. He is standing upright. Moving a little further east again is the very narrow and very open neck of woods where the three of us are set up against the same huge oak tree. And did I mention that Corey has his bow and no shotgun? 
Jim's running the camera. I have my shotgun. Jim also has his shotgun. But of all three of us, Jim is the least likely to take a shot since he's running the camera. And I have very strict instructions that if a turkey comes out and Corey shoots the turkey with his bow, hits the turkey, and the turkey runs off, I am not to shoot that turkey with my shotgun. And of course I make no promises as to whether or not I'll be able to obey those commands. But since this hunt is being filmed, I want to be sure that I don't do anything that's going to mess up Jim or Corey. So that's our setup, and we know that there are two turkeys gobbling in front of us to our west where Corey's facing. One of the birds is across the creek on the neighbor's property. The other bird is in the oak flat and has at least two, if not three, hens with him that we know of. So here's where we pick up with the hunt. Start listening for drumming. These birds drum a lot when they're coming in instead of gobbling. So, If you want to kill more turkeys, it is imperative that you know what your turkeys do. I just told Corey that the turkeys on this property drum when they come in instead of gobbling most of the time. I don't know why they do it. I've got my theories, but I don't know for sure why they do it. But you will hear turkeys on this property drum as they approach your setup much more often than you will hear them gobble as they approach your setup. And sometimes they'll come in quietly and you may just hear a gobbler cluck when he gets within 40 yards of you to let that hen know that he's there and he's looking for her. And this hunt is the perfect example of what I just told Corey. From the time this turkey that we're hunting flew down until the time the hunt ended, he gobbled zero times on the ground. The turkey that you hear gobbling in the background is on the ground, but that's the one that's across the creek. That's the turkey that does not have the hens, and he is gobbling his brains out because he knows that all of the hens are with this gobbler on our side of the creek, and he is trying to sweet-talk just one of them into coming to him. We're going to get back into this hunt.
Okay, like I just said, it's important to know what your birds do. Corey just told me that he heard that turkey drumming, and I could hear him as well, over my calling. So if you've hunted a good bit, you know how close that turkey is. If you can hear him drumming over your calling, he's pretty close.
Okay, so we're going to fast forward 5 minutes and 18 seconds. And during that 5 minutes and 18 seconds of somewhat silence, the bird that we're on is not gobbling. The hens have gotten quiet and flown down with him, but the bird that's across the creek is still gobbling, and a bird further down the creek on the neighbor's property has gobbled, and we've heard a shot on the neighbor's property. So, we're going to pick right up now. Now, what you may or may not hear in the calling sequences of this hunt is the turkey that's across the creek from us is gobbling at my calls. And to not blow your eardrums out, I have reduced the volume of my calling. So you may or may not be able to hear that turkey gobbling during my calling. But one good sign that a turkey has responded while I'm calling is when you'll hear me take the turkey call and I'm winding that call down and going and it's starting to get a little bit quieter and I hear that turkey gobble I will immediately pick that sound back up to sound like an excited hen is responding to his response to my calling so if you keep your ears open and you hear me make a call That's a good sign that that turkey has gobbled while I'm calling, if you don't hear him do that in the audio. Okay, now let's fast forward a minute and 15 seconds. Is that a hen back there? Do you hear a hen back there?
second gobbler we heard in there. Okay, so now the game has changed a little bit. Not only do we have a gobbler with two to three hens in front of us, but we have managed to get between the gobbler and the rest of his hens. So I like where we are. There are hens not quite behind us, but a little bit behind us and to our right that are calling. And the gobbler is in front of us. So I like our setup a good bit. Now, let's fast forward four minutes.
she's telling a tree. That answered that question, didn't it? That answered that question. Is she in the tree or on the ground? So now the hen's on the ground and the copycatting begins. So let's fast forward a minute and 28 seconds to a little conversation that I'm having with Corey about what the bird that is gobbling so much is doing. Actually, we thought that bird was on our side of the creek when the hunt started. And after the hunt developed and really ended, we discovered that that bird was not on our side of the creek. He was on the neighbor's side of the creek. But at this point in time in the hunt, we think that there's a chance that he may come visit us because he's lonely. Sounds like he's trying to get across the creek, but... He's trying to get across the creek. Yeah. 
Lord's service in hands and just waiting to come out and visit us. And that could be why this bird's keeping his distance. As much as that as much as that bird's goblin, I don't think he's got hands with him. And I think he's trying to get these hands instead of going to this gobbler to come to him. Okay, so the hens have flown down, the gobbler's on the ground, and this is the time of the hunt when things start to get a little bit quiet. The hens are not quite as vocal. The gobbler's drumming, or maybe that's Barry White music playing in the background. But things are getting pretty interesting in his world. It's what he waits a whole year for as well, and it's happening right now. But you and I are going to fast forward a minute and 30 seconds. Okay, we're going to fast forward 2 minutes and 22 seconds. But before I do, I have a question. Am I the only turkey hunter out there that a bumblebee wants to fly around and buzz around his ear when he's trying to hear a turkey drumming or a turkey off in the distance gobbling? Or is it just my imagination? So if you listen closely, you can hear the bird that's farthest away from us, the one that we today know is across the creek from us, get fired back up and start gobbling his butt off.
I hate fast forwarding through gobbles, but we're about to fast forward through two minutes and 19 seconds of time and three gobbles. Okay, we're going to fast forward 3 minutes and 32 seconds. This first turkey, the one that's closest to us, is drumming off and on. So we feel like he's probably 75, 80 yards from us, somewhere in that neighborhood. The drumming is audible, fairly clear, but it's not very close to us. So we're going to pick up now, and I want you to listen to this next run of calls that Corey makes. Corey is a very good caller. He's above average. I consider myself to be an average caller. But listen to this run that Corey makes and listen very closely to the turkey across the creek from us respond to his calling. And I want you just to pay attention to the cadence and how he mixes these calls up. He's very good at getting a response out of a turkey. So listen close.
Okay, so over the next 5 minutes and 51 seconds, the turkey that's farthest away from us gobbles about 15 times. And the gobbler that has all of the hens breeds one of his hens. And we can hear her after she's bred. She gets up and she shakes and she makes that little cackle sound or whatever it is. I can't even really describe what it is after they get bred. But she made that. It's barely audible on the audio, so I did not include it. But we're going to pick up again for a little conversation between me and Corey, and we're talking about maybe how far away these turkeys are from us. Sure doesn't sound like it. Sound like he's sitting back 75 yards watching his body get all the action. And here's where the cluck-off between me and one of the gobbler's hens begins.
So for the next six minutes, the cluck off between me and that hen continues off and on, mostly on. And then another hen chimes in. Okay, so here's where things get pretty interesting as well. I have seen this happen a couple of times in all of my years of turkey hunting. But here come the tree hoppers. And if you've never seen turkeys tree hop, it is really interesting to watch. So the turkeys that were calling behind us and to the right obviously saw us come in and set up. And they stayed in the trees. And as the morning wore on, they started to call a little bit. And they started to settle down and get more comfortable after we set up and had been sitting down for so long. But they were not so comfortable that they were just going to fly down. So 
They started hopping from tree to tree to tree, getting closer and closer and closer to the oak flat where the gobbler is strutting with the other hens. They eventually stop immediately in front of Corey. And I've already been calling so much during this hunt that I'm pretty dang embarrassed about it, to be honest with you. But we had vocal hens. We had a gobbler that was absolutely gobbling his brains out 150 yards from us on the other side of the creek. And we had a bird that was hinned up in front of us. I didn't feel like we had anything to lose. So we've already been calling a lot. But when Corey and I see these hens tree hopping, and they get on the edge of this food plot directly in front of Corey, and then they pitch down. After they can see the gobbler inside the oak flat, they pitch down on the ground on the edge of the field and then walk into the woods towards the gobbler. And Corey and I started pouring it on. And in my opinion, that's what turned the tables on this hunt.
Sam, but that old ball sand got every one of those hands to her. After eight minutes of absolutely wearing out the turkey calls and getting the hens so upset that they're calling as much as we are, this gobbler has had enough and he has got to come check us out and see what in the world all of this fuss is about and who has his girlfriends so ticked off. There he is, straight in front of me about not straight in front of me, it's about 11 o'clock. About to come out into the field. He's walking towards my tent.
Actually, he was not following the hens. He was by himself, but I didn't know that at the time. So he stepped out into the food plot from the woods about 75 or 80 yards from us. And when he stepped out there, I had to give him one last call just to get him to look our direction. So at this point, that gobbler is about 50 yards from us in the food plot, and he's coming our direction. And if you listen very closely to the audio, you can actually hear him drum for the first time. Okay, so remember I told you that we put out one hen and one Jake decoy. And we have these decoys set up about seven or eight yards from us. And this gobbler struts into the decoys and stands between the hen decoy and the Jake decoy. These decoys are only maybe eight inches apart. And he puts his chest between those two decoys. And then he starts to purr and push on the jig decoy. Never flogged it, but he started to push on it and he's purring while he's doing this.
Did you notice the hens fighting off in the distance and raising cane off in the distance? And did you happen to hear the gobbler drumming at about seven steps? He is still parked between that hen and Jake decoy. And he's in full strut. Corey is waiting on him to turn and face away from us, to pirouette and face away from us so that Corey can draw his bow while the fan of that gobbler is facing us. But that turkey is locked up between those two decoys and he's not moving. So Corey's got to make his move. And while the turkey is standing there in plain sight of us and we're in plain sight of him, Corey draws his bow back. So remember I told you that I had strict instructions not to shoot the turkey with my shotgun after Corey shot him with a bow? Well, I was following instructions. I was doing very well. What I didn't hear was when Corey and Jim were telling me to shoot. I thought I was being told, don't shoot, because I thought it was a good hit. From where I was sitting on the tree, the turkey was at about my 2.30, and so I had a little bit of an awkward angle, and I thought that the arrow hit the turkey pretty well, but Corey and Jim knew that the turkey was not hit well, that the shot was low, and they gave me the word to shoot. I had to get it twice, but they gave me the word to shoot, and boy did I ever shoot. Are you supposed to get three misses on camera? I don't know, that last shot may have gotten it. You just hit him low? Yes, he did. Corey hit him low, and allegedly, I missed him three times. So I'm still not sure how I missed that turkey with the first shot, but I did. And the second shot, I knew I missed him. The third shot, I felt pretty good about. But after looking around for over an hour, we could not find the turkey. We checked every blowdown, checked along the creek, and could not find any sign of the turkey, nor could we find any sign that the turkey was hit other than about three feathers on the ground where Corey shot. So we assume the turkey lives to see another day. Overall, this was an awesome hunt. And even though we didn't get a bird down, we got to watch one in full strut at about seven steps. Got to hear him drum that close. Got to watch hens tree hop and fly down right in front of us. We got to listen to two different hens get bred, and it was a fantastic morning. And it's only day two of turkey season. I would have loved to have had a bird down on day two, but the hunt is what makes the trophy. If you listen to the Turkey Hunter podcast, you hear me say that from time to time. And this hunt made the trophy. 
we didn't get meat in the freezer. But this is one of the most memorable hunts that I've ever been on. It was incredible to be able to call this turkey away from hens and have him come out into this food lot and come strutting into the decoys and drumming while he's coming in. It was just incredible. So, day two ends with shots fired and no bird down. Will day three be just as good? Be sure to tune in to the next episode of Spurred to find out. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that. You know, Jim and Corey are both great guys. And if you guys are not watching The Turkeyologist, I highly recommend the show. You'll enjoy it, and these two guys are turkey hunters. I can't say that about everyone out there that has a hunting show. But I can tell you, after hunting with these two guys, they're turkey hunters. Okay, so again, if you want to get more of Spurred, text the word SPURRED, S-P-U-R-R-E-D, to the number 44222. I will send you the information that you need in order to subscribe to the show. You'll be able to get access to every one of my hunts with each one of these hunts narrated by me. I think it's a great learning opportunity. I think it's fairly entertaining, but I might be a little bit biased since it is my show after all. And It is definitely unique to the hunting world and hunting podcasts as well. So, that's all I've got for you guys this week because this episode was so long. But again, I'm going to ask you to do four favors for me before I cut you loose. Number one, be sure to subscribe to the show. Subscribing is free and you'll be sure to be notified when a new episode is posted. Number two, if you learned something from today's show, please forward, like, and share the show on social media. That's greatly appreciated. Number three, please tell a hunting buddy about the show. This show can grow a great deal just by word of mouth, so let all of your hunting buddies know about the Turkey Hunter podcast. And number four, please be sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.